Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. Uh, we are your hosts. Jessica. And I am Chris Eaton. Uh, the holidays are upon us, and we have much giving to give you guys in this episode. I really need to work on my openings. I'm always uh, coming off the top of my head, and uh, I I feel like I, I, I don't stick the landing like I should. But... That being said, there's a lot to talk about, Jessica. It's been a very busy week in uh, our circle of fandom. And, uh, oh, my, 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 is there some controversy? And there's some good news. And do we have great news for you guys? So stick around for the end of the show. Jessica's got some big things to tell you about. But uh, first, we need to talk about the return of Godzilla to a particular comic book company. What's going on there, Jessica? Yes, as you all know, IDW Publishing did Godzilla comics for an epic legendary run that actually had more issues than when Marvel published them. And then there was a little break. We don't really know, you know, the the intricacies of licensing and comic book publishing. We don't we don't want to speak on the business end of things. Mm -hmm. However, it was recently announced that IDW will be publishing Godzilla comics again, at least for a limited run. Yay! Yes, it was hu- at least huge news to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll we'll take anything in 2020 as huge news. Oh yes, like any any shining light in this in the the dark tunnel that has been this year is is welcomed. Yes. So now it is a five issue, you know, series mm-hmm. for kind of middle grade. However, it is reported in several reputable news sites that it will be a new multi-year deal with Toho International. So we're getting another run, at least. It looks like, because the last run run from 2011 to 2016. And by all means, I mean, it was a very busy run. Um, the... Quality of the titles can be discussed, and that's a discussion for another day, but IDW really did the Lord's work in, in getting content out there. Normally, like when we've had Marvel or Dark Horse, it's like, here's the one book, and we're just going to put it down, and if it didn't do that good, we're done. IDW's like, <laughs> hold my beer. We're going to put out three titles at once, and you're all going to buy them. So... Anything that uh, they've been doing, like especially them getting back the license, is a good thing. Because, one, that means that a lot of those back issues are probably going to... Actually, I know for a fact, because they're already up for um, pre-sale on Amazon, those last few titles that were limited series are finally getting collected into a proper like omnibus release. So, for those of you that need to downsize your collections like I had to, it's like, oh good, I can get them in a nice like hardcover format like I have with my half century war that I'm looking at right here. So that's a very good thing. But this new project they announced 
isn't exactly in line with the previous stuff. This is aiming more towards, uh, would you say it's young adult, Jessica? Yes, young adult, kind of like middle grade series, and it starts in April 2021st. So it will be very interesting. It'll be written by also IDW's Ghostbusters uh, writer, Eric Burnham. Mm-hmm. And the artist is Dan Schroning, and the colorist is Luis Antonio Delgado. But I think what else is interesting is because of this, I would say IDW now has access to Mothra, Rodan, King Ghidorah, but this partnership also allows them other Godzilla-themed products that could range from journals to coloring books. Ooh. It's going to be a worldwide, yeah, it's going to be a worldwide distribution, with the exception of certain um, Asian markets or certain overseas markets. They may not receive yeah. it, but it should be worldwide. That's uh, that's pretty because that's actually bigger than I think their last deal that they had, which I believe right. it was like. Uh, North America only, like Canada, Mexico, and uh, in the U.S. Right. Because I want to say that it took a few years for some of those comics to reach Japan because they didn't have uh, a distribution deal there until someone else came and picked them up. Memory. It is. It is. And yes. And the way, you know, Marvel did Godzilla comics for a while and then there was a long break. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and then the next big wave was IDW. So when that seemingly had ended a couple years ago, we honestly just didn't know the future. Yeah. Right. As, as 2020 has shown us, we don't know the future. <laughs> no. And so I, I think people were very excited to find out that IDW has gotten back the licensing rights. People would have assumed either we were not going to get any at all, mm-hmm. or another publishing company would have picked it up. For a while, I figured it was probably just going to be whatever Legendary was putting on their little comic wing. So, just all MonsterVerse-related stuff. So, when this news broke, I was just like, oh, oh, this is very welcomed. Because, again, I, I, I applaud IDW, man. They did a hell of a job with that first run. And... The image they released for this new series they're doing, I I absolutely adore it. It's it feels like like the '90s, late '80s, early '90s kind of like show and manga style. Like Godzilla's kind of like got the little bit of the cocky eyes. It's all kids. Like it's like I'm 36. I'm gonna be 37 by the time this thing comes out, and I will. I, I'm I can't wait to buy this and read. You know, I, you need a little something lighthearted in your life, and doing like a Aiming it at like teens, perfect, beautiful idea. Because I don't think there's enough of that stuff out there. We're aiming, there's stuff aimed at kids, and then there's the stuff aimed at the adult market, like us. Like I'm looking at a $240 uh, X plus figure that I ordered uh, earlier this year that's staring at me with his eyes, and uh, so it's it's good. Like it, this is a nice middle ground that hasn't really been covered in a long time. The last time I can think of anything in this range goes back to 98 when Random House had the license and they put out those Godzilla novels, which did you ever read those, Jessica? Uh, I actually have them. You have them all? Yeah. Did you get both sets? Did you get the, the young adult and then the, the, I would argue the grade school, uh, uh, versions too? 
Yes. Yeah. So that that that's what this kind of feels like. It feels like they're kind of you know picking up in that with the ball that Random House kind of left off there. So I'm all for this. This is absolutely looking at the art. It looks magical. Like there's a sense of fun that kind of hasn't been because again, last few things we've gotten has been real. Very, very serious. I mean, hell, even that anime that's coming out looks like, like it's. I know it's got kids and stuff in it, but it doesn't look like it's lighthearted at all. It looks very heavy, which I know a lot of people are like. That's part of the reason why they're looking forward to it. Which, by the way, April is going to be a very busy month in our in our fandoms. I mean, there's this, there's the anime, um, and in Japan, which I'm pretty sure they're going to simultaneously broadcast here. The second season of the Gridman anime is going to be airing the Dinazenon. So there's a lot of stuff to look forward to in the next few months. We just we got to get to New Year's, Jessica. Let's get to that. Let's get that zero to turn over to one, and I think things are going to be a lot better. Yes, yes, it is, and I just I hope so, and I have hope and faith that moving forward, things are you know not going to always be easy, but. If I learn anything from humanity, we are survivors, and we mm. can try to make the world a better place. So I do think we can move upwards, whether it's something as simple as entertainment or something as complicated as something else. I do believe that we can do better. And so it'll be – we'll have a new year to start over. I don't think that clock is going to, you know, say <laughs> December 32nd, 2020 <laughs> or something. That would freak everyone out. I do think it will be January 1st, 2021. December 32nd. Oh, God. Yeah, it just – it was everyone stuck in a weird Stephen King novel at that point. Oh, gosh, no. No, that would that would truly be hell. <laughs> Now I'm look. I'm, I got high hopes for uh, for 2000 or for 2021. Look already, like just in terms of look personally, personally, just in terms of stuff I have to look forward to. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, you have to look forward to. We have a Godzilla anime coming. We have second season of Ultraman coming. We have a Pacific Rim show coming. We have this new comic book. There's um, we're getting a uh, we're getting the final like Evangelion's closing its chapter. We're getting the next thing we're going to be talking about. Hopefully, we're getting it is the, finally seeing the release of Godzilla vs Kong. Now, there's a little bit of a question mark in the air about this right now. So, let's go back to Friday as we re- we record this on we're recording this on Monday. Friday, I wake up, and the whole world woke up to Warner Brothers making a very big announcement. And what was that announcement, Jessica? That they were going to oh, for there was there were so many. I'm so sorry. I will skip ahead to something else. Mm-hmm. But you guys will have to keep listening to figure out what Chris and I are going to talk about. <laughs> no, Warner Brothers announced that they were going to release their entire slate of 2021 movies in theaters, but also streaming at HBO Max. So this is coming off the heels of the announcement they made back, I want to say, at the end of October, where they're like, screw it, we're putting Wonder Woman 84 up on HBO Max for a month. 
You don't have to pay. Uh, there's no paywall. It's not like what Disney did with Mulan. And all you have to do is just buy a subscription, and for a month, you'll be able to watch it for free. Or at least for what the subscription will get you. And if you live in an area that happens to have movie theaters open, you can go see it that way. So they're giving you the option. And if you're like Jessica and I, we're in the greater Los Angeles area, most likely both of us will not get to see Wonder Woman on a movie theater screen at all because everything is still shut down out here. So, that means come Christmas morning, I'm pretty sure Jessica is going to be, like, just parked right in front of her TV watch. And I know you're eagerly anticipating Wonder Woman 84, are you not? I am, I am. It's a high, For me, it's one of my highly anticipated films that I've been wanting to watch and just waiting for it to be released. I got to talk to somebody I know who actually got to watch it already, and... He had nothing but glowing remarks about it. So I think we're all going to be pleasantly surprised with this outing. So, But this was a big deal. If um, you have been not following anything that's going on in the film industry, and I understand there's just so much going on. Um, with Corona, things have been dicey, to say the least. Uh, there was a good chunk during the summer where things were kind of reopened. I know where Jessica lived, they never reopened uh, movie theaters. Where I lived, they reopened movie theaters. And we're only about 30 miles apart from each other. So that'll tell you the differences between counties. And uh, we got movie theaters out here where I live um, open from like Labor Day weekend up until about a week ago. So I was going out as much as I can because I want to support my local theater. I love movies. I worked for a theater for a while, practically ran the place. So I understand like what these people are going through like right now. They're it's dire times. So I was seeing every like revival or anything that came out, anything that I'm like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely go see. It. I did double features, everything you, you could do. So things that closed back down. Now the the there was the, uh, all right, so how's this all going to work out? So there was uh, murmurs after the Wonder Woman announcement that the next possible big film was going to be Godzilla vs. Kong to go to Warner, to Warner uh, or, I'm sorry, HBO Max. I kind of want to say Warner Streaming. It's not that. <clears throat> because it came out that Legendary was offered $200 million for exclusive streaming rights from Netflix. And apparently Warner Media said... No, and because that is, well, that's because uh, Warner Brothers, even though they're releasing the film, I mean, they didn't really produce the film. It's produced by Legendary. They put up the bulk of the money. So technically, it's a Legendary film, and Warner Brothers is releasing it. So Warner Brothers kind of had the carte blanche on saying yes or no to all that, and. That spurred the rumors that perhaps, well, this will maybe be the next big film, you know, to get things along until they figure it out. And then two days later, they sprung this on everybody. Guess what? Every film we have on our slate, every film for 2021 will be released simultaneously in theater and on HBO Max, you know, uh, in the month that it's released. So you get one month on HBO Max to watch it. So that was Friday. Now there was a that was 
for many, saw it as a, not a killing blow, but uh, a huge wound to the theater industry. Because there are some big movies that got pushed back. Wonder Woman was one already, but you have Godzilla vs. Kong. You have Suicide Squad. You have The Matrix 4. Um, Steven Spielberg's... uh, I think he was doing a. Um, he did. I believe he did the adaption of Lin Manuel Miranda's first play uh, in the Heights. I believe that's. He's got that coming out. There's the Tom and Jerry movie. Depending on how you feel about that, Space Jam Two. That uh, Space Jam Two. Like if you weren't an eye for Space Jam One, I pity you. But it was a monumental uh, achievement in our uh, in Jessica and I's young lives. So part two's coming out. All these films are going to be released. There's 17 films in total that are going to be released over a 12-month period. Now... Yes, and Dune and Matrix 4. Yes, Dune was the other one I was... Oh, yeah, I forgot about. Because that was supposed to be out already. By, By all means, had Corona not happened, we would have been well past the episode where we would be reviewing Godzilla vs. Kong by now. And Dune would be in theaters this weekend, and everyone would be seeing that. So, that news was both, it was met with, with, with trepidation at, at best by a lot of people in the industry. There was a lot of people at home that were like, oh, cool, like, sweet, I get to watch all my movies. I understand that. Like, we're all stuck at home. There's all this hype. Like, if you if you're a nerd, the one of the biggest one of the biggest things, and one of the things you you kind of do spend your life being a geek about things is anticipating the next thing coming. So there's there's a whole industry built around like, and again, we do it on the show. We're talking about you know stuff that isn't even out yet, like the build of it, because that's part of the fun. So, all that's been pushed back. There was like always that in the last few months. There's been that. Well, are we ever going to see this stuff? It's like, well, yeah, we will eventually see it. It's a matter of when. Um, I know Tenant did not light the world on fire like they thought it would, but then again, neither did um, Disney doing Mulan. Did you see either of those, Jessica? Oh, I did not. I did not see Tenant nor Mulan. Smart. Not yet. Not yet. For Mulan, there are so many other reservations. I mean, I was very excited for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, there were other reservations as the marketing and the PR came out and then the film and obviously. And then for someone like myself who's so well-versed, not just with Disney, but also every version of the character <laughs> and the legend, it was a little bit different. So, but that's definitely a rant for another day. Mm-hmm. Well, I ended up seeing I ended up seeing Tenant when I went out to Vegas because Vegas had theaters open, and I told my friends, I'm like, I my last movie of the year is not going to be the Ben Affleck alcoholism movie. Like, I will not let that be the last thing. So, both Tenant and Mulan had to be the canary in the coal mines. They were the sacrificial lambs to test the waters. Of whether or not these studios can release, if there's any profitability in releasing any of these big budget films. Uh, people have argued, well, look at Trolls. Trolls made a lot of money on video on demand. Yes, because it was released across many platforms. It's not 
that expensive of a film. I think it was like $60 million. So when you're charging 20 bucks for like a 24 hour rental and you have kids that they want to watch it multiple times. Yeah, you can. Hmm. Yeah. So you're going to get people to pay a few times out. Bill and Ted, I know did very well. The smaller films will do well on video on demand. That's the market for them. Tenet proved people, there was a, there was not enough theaters opened up yet. So there was that with the restrictions in place. There just weren't enough bodies to get in there to justify a $200 million film to be in theaters. It's understandable. Something had to, someone had to go first. Disney then tried with Mulan. And I've argued to this day that Mulan was a very bad choice to go because I, again, I don't believe that Mulan had the draw that say if they release, had they did this with Soul, had they took Soul instead, the upcoming Pixar film, and then tried it out, I think they would have had a different reaction. Would it have been any more profitable? I'm not sure because they were asking a lot of money already behind a paywall. So Warner Brothers announcing that they're releasing everything on their streaming service, HBO Max, which <coughs> only had, right now, the Snyder Cut coming out of Justice League going for it. It was the main reason I was going to buy it. Um, and I know the numbers for the launch of this streaming service have been less than stellar. Um, last time I checked, they were in like fifth place behind obviously Netflix is is the big one uh, Hulu and Disney Plus are right behind that Amazon Prime beats them and the Peacock Network of all things NBC Universal's little streaming service they have was beating out HBO Max by like 3 to 1 so um, and I've argued we might be in saturation mode there might be one too many streaming services at this point and not and again, you're going to reach a point where not everyone is going to want to fork out $14.99 a month. I mean, I, I've, I piggyback off a couple of friends' services, and I have friends that piggyback off the services I pay for. And that's just how the world works because, you know what, not everyone wants to pay $11.99 a month for Hulu. Do they, Jessica? No, because one of the benefits of cable cutting, people mm -hmm. believed, is that you can get everything you need it through one or two services. But now that it's adding up, I understand that Hulu is a popular choice, but it's not going to be everyone's choice. No, people have to pick and choose. Very much you so. Can't afford if you can't afford all of them. Very much so. So, it you know again. I, Warner Brothers' idea was we're going to take lemons and we're going to make lemonade out of them. Except it's going to be very expensive lemonade. Now, the pros and cons of this are... The cons are there's a lot of money that's being left on the table by pretty much throwing these films up on uh, up on Warner on HBO Max, which I think is like $14.99 a month. I want to say for like their top tier. So I get it. People have already like, oh, you get 50, you know, if you get 50 million people to sign up, it's like, yeah, but still 
there's a lot of like some a few of these films were aiming to be nearly billion dollar films i know wonder woman was you know worldwide when uh it was originally supposed to be coming out early last year uh was in the ballpark of nearly a billion worldwide they were hoping for so now you're going to HBO Max and a few movies that you know a few theaters would be open. Yeah, technically you're reaching you might be reaching more people who can actually you know a whole family can sit down and watch it by paying $14 for the month for the service. But when you times that by what a theater would charge at a, for an evening ticket which out here is like almost 20 bucks a pop. Uh, I think back east it's at least $12. So that's a lot of money. But there's also the exposure element. Like, you can sit down, you can watch it. And that was going to be one of the more positive aspects of all this was the fact that, say what you will about the last few films in, in the MonsterVerse series, but Kong vs. Godzilla would have, or Godzilla vs. Kong, I keep wanting to say King Kong vs. Godzilla, it's not that, would have the opportunity to be seen by a wider swath of people. The long game you want to play with that is the fact that it would open up more, especially kids, because you want to get those kids in there to watch it, more opportunities on the merchandising ring. So if a parent doesn't have to drag their kid to it, or say the kid was like, yeah, it looks cool, but like I want to go see this instead first, <clears throat> uh, you know, that affects the box office. But if you're stuck at home, and you got an afternoon, and this movie's available for free, and it hooks people. That's the movie's going to get watched multiple times, and that's not a bad thing. That's actually a very good thing. But the problem is, is that these are not cheap films. Dune, I think, costs like a hundred and eighty million dollars. Wonder Woman is like a two hundred million dollar film. I know uh, after the news that came out today, Godzilla vs Kong is a hundred and sixty million. Now that's a little bit cheaper than Kong Skull Island. It's definitely cheaper than Godzilla King of the Monsters. But that is nothing to like brush off. Like the fact that, that this film was gonna be propped up maybe going to four hundred theaters at most, which is still technically considered a wide release. But when you're only filling half the, the auditorium, like that's a lot of money you're losing. And I understand <clears throat> Warner Brothers' dilemma. We're backed up. We are constipated with movies, Jessica. There's just so much just sitting there ready to go. And not only that, but you had stuff that was set to come out this year. And if everything, if tomorrow everything magically opened up, it would, the, the, the films would cannibalize each other. We already saw that last year when Avengers came out and then you had movie after movie after movie just back to back to back it's too much at a point you need like one blockbuster can have the beginning and one blockbuster can have the end of the month but you put two or three in there and they're just going to cannibalize each other that was the big argument over Godzilla King of the Monsters was the fact that it's like it underperformed it did not bomb but it underperformed and that's part of the reason it's just there's just too much so you're looking at a backlog of stuff half of it was supposed to be out already <clears throat> so what do we do okay put it up on our streaming service they're sacrificing ooh, a couple billion 
but you're, the hope is you're going to raise your subscription levels and make money that way. I know that's the thing Disney's been kind of, that's been their life raft they've been holding on to now that they don't have the parks and no movies. So um, they've been using Disney Plus as a way to keep some revenue coming in. Warner, Bro- Warner Brothers has not had that really happen yet with HBO Max. The launch has been... I I hesitate to say abysmal, but it's not been great. So, it looked like for a while, or for the weekend, it's like, alright, well, the game changer. This is what's happening. Then, this morning, a wrinkle was put into the uh, into the whole thing. It's something I kind of questioned when they first announced this, because here's the thing with the film industry. Um, unless you're, like, Disney... Uh, a lot of this, Warner Brothers especially, is very big on this, and they get production houses to go in on them with these films. The one that goes in on the Godzilla ones, we all know, is Legendary. Legendary forked over the bulk of the budget for Godzilla vs. Kong. And apparently, uh, in Warner Brothers' blocking of uh, Legendary selling the film to Netflix, they didn't kind of let him in on the plan of what was going on. And they were also kind of blindsided, much like everybody else, when this announcement was made on Friday morning. To the point now, Legendary is contemplating legal action to make sure that these films might not see the light of day on uh, on HBO Max. And I know a lot of people are like, well, why not? I'm like, well, because it's not... Warner Brothers has, I think, $25 million, if that, of their own money put into it. So they're not really losing out. They're actually gaining more out of it. Where Legendary, unless Warner Brothers pays them back that budget, they're kind of stuck holding the debt for, for these films. That Dune and Godzilla are not cheap films. And... If you're not going to see a return on your profit, that is very dangerous for a production company. That that has crippled many in the past. I mean, look at several, most famously, Carlico Pictures did, had that happen. They were they produced Terminator 2. They had a bunch of big budget films in the in the late 80s, early 90s, but they overspent and they even with like something like Terminator 2, it was too little, too late, and then they folded. And then those rights get all mixed up somewhere else. Thankfully with Godzilla, it'll revert back to Toho. So it's it, it whether or not May 21st comes around and you can sit at your big TV, and hopefully you have a device that can actually play HBO Max, and you can watch this film, is still yet to be seen if Legendary has their ways. I know, these are trying times, Jessica. Yes, yes it is. I mean, there are so many larger conventions that have already kind of postponed either to the end of 2021 in December, Mm -hmm. like uh, read pop shows or they've already flat out said 2021 is not going to be for us we're going to see you in 2022 so with that i already i i expected it i expected all the films to be moved to 2022 but as we know it can't be pushed forever for marketing reasons pr reasons just the amount of money that you'll have to spend to remind people that the movie is coming out mm-hmm. changing the date of it 
in terms of marketing and PR, it's very costly because we need to constantly be re- our attention span is so short so we need to constantly be reminded that this movie's coming out and the date's always changing so i think they went ahead they were like let's just pull the plug let's release it like we don't know how long coronavirus is gonna go on obviously vaccine news is still coming out mm-hmm. but since we don't know the future again we don't know we don't want a, another new mutants issue where gal gadot is in her 40s, let's say for exaggeration, <laughs> exaggeration purposes, by the time the film comes out. We don't know, and they've already spent the money. I was pleasantly, like, so I knew even if it was going to be released, it would be a streaming. I am pleasantly surprised for whatever reason that it's on both mm. in theaters for places that are open, because I keep forgetting in certain areas, they, the or even states, uh, it is open. The like theaters Texas, are open. Uh, from my my uncle told me, like theaters in his, by yes. his house are open. Yes, and you know what? I think together this is going to be the best possible combination you can get for those who feel safer at home or don't want to go out for whatever reason. They get to see it at home. Obviously, screen size is different for person to person. However, for those who want to see it in the theater. They also have the freedom to do so. True. I mean, the, there was the, the again the positive about all this was the fact that you could probably maximize the eyes over the weekend that could actually go see it. I mean, you could. I mean, if again, if you have a household of four, it's fourteen dollars. So you can sit down. Friday night, watch it, and then if the kids are super into it or you're super into it, you can just rewind it and go back and watch it again. Like there, there's a weird, unprecedented level of access. I mean, there there is something to be said about. The, I again, I love. I'm a movie buff. I love going to the theaters. It's one of my things. It's it's my zen moment. Even if the movie sucks, I still love going out to 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 theater. Like. I've always argued. I've always said to people like, in my old age, I, I one of my things I would love to do is just to buy a movie theater and run it as an old like cantankerous old guy and just like, yeah, movies suck today. That's why I'm playing all these older older things that I love, even though it'd be weird shit. But there is something in this day and age where I mean, it's very indicative of what uh, the industry has kind of turned into. It's 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 great and it's sad at the same time. We live in an unparalleled age of entertainment. There's so much out there. And for for kids especially today, they don't I mean, I would have murdered when I was 9 years old if someone told me, "Hey, guess what? There's going to be four huge monster movies within a five-year span and they're going to be exactly everything that you ever wanted." And the problem is, is that there's just too much of it. And there's by the time you're done finishing this one thing, the next thing's ready to go. And be like, I, just, I'll take it. I'll take it right now. Because right back then, you know, I'm hunting down bootlegs. So it's great. But at the same time, we've put all of our eggs in that gigantic basket. There's, a, I mean, Warner Brothers alone, that's 14, there's 17 movies most of them, the bulk of them, are over like uh, 75, mil- 75 to 100 million dollars. 
And that speaks a lot of where we've put our focus on filmmaking. I mean, last night I just watched Mank, um, uh, David Fincher's new film about um, the writer of of um, um, uh, Citizen King. Fantastic. Utterly fantastic. But the fact that it took Netflix to make that film and that was not like a theatrical release. It was kind of like a bummer. I'm like, yeah, 10 years ago, even, this would have been like a huge theatrical release. People would have been raving about it. It would have been like an Oscar contender. But it took someone like Netflix to be like, yeah, you know what? No one wants to do this in theaters anymore because it needs to be a big spectacle or it needs to be such a micro-budget film that even an opening weekend of like six million is considered a huge win. So I'm hoping that this is a wake-up call to a lot of these studios who kind of want to make sure that we still have something to look forward to, that, hey, let's maybe start reining in the budgets on some of these things. I get it. Marvel pretty much has shown everyone's like, yeah, this is what everyone kind of wants to see. And I don't blame them. Like, I, I go, I pay good money to see those films too, but at the same time, it's like, they're, I mean, uh, we've had this conversation before with, you can do a comic book movie and it doesn't need to be a, you know, a hundred million dollar spectacular. I've argued, and I think Jessica's even with me on this one, any Batman film that doesn't have him teaming up with Superman shouldn't be no more than like, Thirty million dollars because he's a dude in a with in a cape and a cowl and he's a detective and he has gadgets like he doesn't need to be saving the world all the time he could just be fighting the Joker or Penguin and that could be a a, a smaller budget film and it could still be freaking awesome and uh, that's kind of my hope with the new I, I don't know side note Jessica have you seen anything for the new Batman yet? For um, the Pattinson one, the Matt Reeves, the Matt Reeves one, yeah, Matt Reeves one. No, I've only been able to see what has been online. I have seen other still in productions, but some of it is mostly, obviously, taken through a different lens. I can't say that they're exactly emotional, but it definitely looks a lot more down to earth. It does, I would say. It does and it doesn't. It's still... It feels like they're trying to do... <laughs> again, I'm going to go see it. it. It looks it looks great. I like... Especially the fact that, like, hey, we're not focusing on the Joker or your normal cast of characters for the first time in a while. It still feels like they can't quite get over the shadow of Nolan, if you will. Like, I want a Batman movie where he has just, like... Maybe some armor underneath, like, just, a you know, the clothing. Kind of, give me a Batman that has a costume kind of like Ben Affleck's uh, that he wore. But give me, like, a, I, want, I, want a, I want a film where he, he's an actual detective. I want him solving, the, you know, trying to solve a major crime or putting, a, you know, the pieces together or something. And then give me, ah, yeah, give me a, uh, give me like a, a proper scarecrow, or give me a proper, who hasn't really been done yet. Mm. I would still love for a Clayface one, but that that's kind of getting out of the way of my cheap Batman film. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. But <clears throat> coming back to to Godzilla and Kong. 
I mean, the hope was that I saw out of this that it would a mulligan can be called. So the movie technically doesn't do well, uh, but that's no fault of the film in its own because it's we're in unprecedented times. But it does, if it being released on HBO Max means that more eyes can get on it, that's a very good thing because more people see it, more people will explore. And the fact that HBO Max has the Criterion Library and they have pretty much all of the Showa films on their service is an even better thing. That means we're getting more people to come in on this. That means more people are opening their eyes to it. And that's that, that's the my, that was my hope. But I also understand Legendary's position and all this because that's a lot of money that's being uh, put up on the table and not taken. So neither are wrong in what neither Warner Brothers or Legendary are wrong on their stances. And I know a lot of people are just frustrated; they just want to see it. But you guys got to realize, like, this is the reason why Marvel has not put Black Widow up on the streaming service because. Um, there are contracts to be held. There are people that are owed backends. There are people to get paid because of the box office. And not only that, but Black Widow doing well means that we get Guardians 3. It means we get all this other stuff. Like, that's kind of how the, the industry works. Like, if Kong and Godzilla did very well, hopefully it meant we get another Kong film. We get another Godzilla film down the road. I know everyone seems to think that, like, the buck stops there. It's like... No, it doesn't have to stop there. They can keep going with these things. The fuck, I mean, hell, Toho's done it for 65 years now. So there's no reason Warner's and Legendary couldn't just keep knocking these things out. They put enough time in between them. Um, and expand it. You could do, like, a smaller budget show on... Uh, I mean, Legendary's already had a working agreement with Netflix. There's no reason they couldn't do an animated series. But thankfully, Toho's doing one. So, uh, yeah. It, it's um, it's going to be very interesting to see whether or not that May 21st date now holds or not, or if it gets pushed back yet again. So I'm hoping it doesn't, and I hope that everyone will get a chance to see it on the big screen. But again, I kind of understand. I, I get it. There's just there's too much out there, and there's too much uncertainty. So we got to try to get that. They need to try to squeeze whatever dime they can because it is at the end of the day still a business. So, Jessica, let's, let's talk about something more upbeat. We have something going on, do we not? Yes, yes, we do. For those who are following us on Facebook, we did announce last week that we will be running a... There's a no purchase necessary. It is literally a chance to get... As a gift from us to you, because you guys have supported us so much, but also 2020 has been a dumpster fire for everyone involved. No matter what you believed in, it was a dumpster fire. And we wanted to give a grand prize, and we say this because we have so many more details, of the sold-out Arrow Video Gamera, the complete collection. Yes. So we wanted to give one person randomly chosen the chance to win a grand prize. And I, we want to say more of a grand gift mm. uh, for various, we, we are not going to run. There are so many contest rules that Facebook has put. So, however, 
through our podcast, we want to say that it is more of a gift, not really a prize, some would say. Um, definitely no purchase necessary. We don't. We're even going to pay for shipping <clears throat> and everything. So you don't have to do anything except enter <coughs> and then wait wait to find out whether you your name has won or not. So by the time you are listening to this, we have already put on our Facebook two ways that you can enter to increase your chances. And by listening to this episode, you can enter for a third time, which is please emailing us an answer to a question that Chris and I are are going to pose. However, when you enter, it's not just going to be for the grand prize. We also have two other prizes and kind of three mystery ones. So the second one we'll be giving out is a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive giveaway at their booth for Godzilla King of the Monsters. It is a full double-sided theatrical poster by the art of Ronan and signed by director Michael Daughtry. That will be kind of like a second prize because we love you guys so much and we thank you so much for supporting us all these years and listening to us and engaging with us, not just here on the podcast, but also through email and on Facebook. That that would be kind of the second thing we're going to gift away. And the third one that we're going to gift away will be a really hard to find uh, skull crawler for the, from Playmates, the six inch for the upcoming Godzilla versus Kong as well, but also to for everyone was so so patiently waiting for all of the contest rules or the gifting rules. No one really tried. There was no social media mob justice in our any in our inboxes that we actually have three more mystery prizes, mystery gifts that we are going to also mail out to you. And for all the rest, we are going to pay for shipping as well so there is obviously the grand gift the second gift the third gift and three mystery gifts so there's actually six total and you have up to three ways to enter so if you go to our facebook you will see how to enter through the facebook way through social media but if you're listening through the podcast we thank you so much you've now increased one more way giving yourself one more chance to enter and it will be by answering this question that chris is going to kind of give to us so email us at the kaiju.kingdom.podcast at gmail.com and the the answer to this here's the question it's a very simple question I, I'll, it, if you don't know on top of your head, it'll take just a little bit of Googling. So I want the exact issue count of IDW's run of Godzilla Rulers of Earth. The series that was done by uh, Chris Mowry, Matt Frank, and Jeff Zarno. I just want how many issues were there? What did it run up to? That's it. That's as simple as it is, and then that gives you the chance to win this sold-out, awesome-as-hell Gamera DVD set. It's a Blu-ray set, so if you don't have a Blu-ray player, you're gonna maybe you should go get one if you if you win this because this thing is loaded. I mean, we did an hour and a half podcast just reviewing it the last episode, so there's that. 
If you don't win that, that's again, as Jessica said, we have some other prizes. Uh, the Comic Con exclusive poster. This thing is a beautiful work of art. Uh, you'll get that. And then for those who like toys, we got the hard to find skull crawler right now too. So hope this this is going to replace my normal Kaiju Christmas that I normally do because these are much bigger prizes this year. So. Um, Again, up, upwards of six, you know, there will be six winners. The other three will get a nice mystery prize, which is more in line with uh, what I normally do for our Kaiju Christmas every year. So just stand by for that. And Jessica, when will we let the good people know uh, when they've won? Yes. So I am looking at my calendar. And again, it is the Kaiju Kingdom podcast at gmail.com. So it will... And I'm looking at the calendar to make sure we get this correct, as we know every day and every minute counts. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. See, I just wanted to make sure. That's why I was counting out loud. Uh, you have until December 18th at midnight Pacific Standard Time to email us. Please do not Facebook inbox that answer to us. That will be reserved for just general questions. However, this is for, if you are listening to the podcast, please email it to us. The answer to and the question. The answer to the question by December 18th at midnight Pacific Standard Time, we will announce the winners on Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on our Facebook. So, and then once you, once we announce the winners, we'll be in contact with you for your shipping information. So, good luck, everybody. And Jessica, how the we we mentioned three ways. So we mentioned the email. How are the other two ways that they can enter? Yes. So on Facebook, we have the complete set of please read everything through if you decided that you want to, you know, enter two other times if you like. And please note that by, you know, by entering, we will have to, you are 18 and over, and we will publicly announce your name on Facebook because that's how you will be notified. And then please kind of, We'll try to email you if you emailed it to us, but also Facebook inbox you. So keep a lookout, you know, for the next 24 hours. And please respond to us promptly. But on Facebook, it will be, please like the post in which we post all of the details. And we, it will have a beautiful photo of all three of the of the main gifts. And then the three mystery ones we obviously won't have a photo of. Please click like on that. And also, please comment. That will be your second way in order to enter. Uh, Facebook has extremely particular rules to avoid spamming. So please don't tag any friends and do not share our original post on your timelines or on any of your friends' timelines. All of that changes into a spamming algorithm. So please do not do that. We don't want to have to disqualify anybody who does that. Also, it will flag you, and it might also flag our post. 
So please, please, please don't do that. We love and trust you all not to do that. So the two other ways is to look for the posts that we have already put up by now, by the time you're listening, which will be clicking like on all of the con all the gift details, gift contest, no purchase necessary details. And also two, you can comment anything you like. Say hello, say hi, say something, anything that your kaiju heart fancies. And that will also give you a second chance. And this is your third way to enter is through the podcast by emailing us your answer to the question that Chris had posed. And like I said, like each one is its own entry. And uh, when we determine the winner, like we will let you know. So, <clears throat> all right. So good luck, everyone. And uh, yes, so be sure to you know if you're hearing this on uh any of the podcast feeds that it's on our what is our facebook again jessica our facebook is the kaiju kingdom podcast so just head on over there if you have found this through apple or google or any of those other wonderful uh services that uh distribute this delightful podcast to you so excuse me all right I think that is going to be it for this episode. Uh, I want to thank you guys again. Uh, we we'll, Hopefully we'll be back for one more before the end of the year. Uh, won't be until after the contest and probably post-holidays because it, even though we are all kind of like in our own little bubble at the moment, you know, it's still it's a little hectic. So I want to say uh, happy holidays to all of you. Thank you, you know. For listening to us for another year, we're moving on to year eight now, which oof, I can't believe it's been that 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 long already. And we have yes. so much coming up, so much. Uh, hopefully, you've been to the new website, the KaijuKingdomPodcast.com. There's a ton of content we got coming for you guys in 2021. So stay tuned for that, and it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome year. Uh, we're going to really make the most of the 2021 for you guys because 2020 is kind of, uh, it's a mulligan. We're calling it a mulligan on this year. Are we not, Jessica? Yes. Yes, it is. So with that being said, happy holidays, everybody. Uh, hopefully you guys will all be well. Stay safe. And that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast for myself and... Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.